In the 1980s, detectives Hayes and West follow leads involving the missing Purcell Children's Church and forensic results on fingerprint matches. The former leads to an uncooperative black man with a milky white eye who meets the description of a man who attempted to make contact with the children. The latter leads them to take Freddie Burns into custody for interrogation, where Hayes quickly decides the boy had nothing to do with the crimes. Hayes also takes Amelia, the teacher assisting them with the case, out for dinner as their relationship appears to heat up. Finally, Woodward isn't being ran out of town without a literal fight, as he leads the redneck posse hunting him down into a trap involving high explosives and lots of guns. In the 90s, Wayne and Amelia have a heated but ultimately productive argument about his insecurities over perhaps failing to solve this case and permitting a murderer to go free while Julie Purcell was left to twist in the wind. Wayne and Roland have a hard time transitioning from former partners to Roland's new position as leader of the task force. But Wayne is nevertheless able to sort through days of surveillance footage to get a glimpse of what we think is Julie Purcell at the Oklahoma Walgreens. In 2015, Wayne asks his son, who is also a police officer, for help tracking down old leads. He then learns new information from the director of the True Crime Special, that the skeletal remains of Lucy Purcell's cousin Dan have been recovered from a rock quarry. As he ponders the case in his study, he is haunted by the ghosts of the many people he's killed in his life, and wonders aloud whether life is worth living without his wife Amelia by his side. Welcome to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for True Detective on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, titled The Hour and the Day. Uh, Aaron, you've probably seen this at least twice now. What do you think of it? I, I really liked it. I think this is... Uh, I've thought all the episodes this season are good. I think this is a, the best one yet and ends on one of the more dramatic uh, cliffhangers door kickers that i've ever seen what do you think yeah no I, I agree this is actually my favorite episode of the season so far uh i think it hangs it, look it's not the episode that the internet really wanted right like it, i i don't know that i expected this to be the episode that the internet thought it would be which is essentially like this is where everything goes crazy and we might get that we next get shootouts episode. and we get crazy one shot uh right. we'll, like single take right uh shots didn't get any of that, but what we did get is some really great character work. Yeah. Uh, and some just incredible next-level dialogue. I thought every time Amelia and Wayne are on the screen together, the dialogue yes. is so crisp and so believable Yes, that I was just engrossed in every scene they were in. No. And it doesn't stop there. I mean, other characters, too, but they yeah. were the standouts. Yeah, no, you, you, you said it. The dialogue and character work they're doing in this episode is is so good, and I think... With the the cliffhanger doorbanger that we're going to get a little bit of what we were hoping to get, you know, a little bit of the the Gonzo kind of action out of out of nowhere uh, that has kind of been one of True True Detectives hallmarks. I think we're going to get uh -huh. that next episode. Could be, yeah. Um, I don't at, know. at the very least, I want the uh, the scene to continue. Yeah, <laughs> like I want to see the aftermath. Maybe the Claymore's just a dud. Yeah, that, that uh, explosion was a ba uh, backfire on a garbage truck, and <laughs> right. it's all going to be a misunderstanding. Yeah, and Nick Pizzolatto will say, "Oh, we had no idea that when we smash cut to black, got the you know, and you, you heard the garbage truck backfire, that you'd assume that it was a claymore <laughs> exploding." I mean, uh, what do you want from me? This is an episode that I, I think is pretty heavily influenced by David Milch. You know, we talked about him being a co-writer this season. Yeah, uh, you can see it in the dialogue here. 
uh, he he's kind of known for this type of you know very tight very yeah, crisp dialogue. I, I wonder if because um, I, I think the the mythos goes that Nick Pizzolatto was actually wrestling over a particular piece of dialogue, um, and he called you know this this guy had either the reach out. I forget how the story went, but that he was kind of called in to, to to help him with this. And I wonder if it wasn't just. Um, trying to write like this realistically uh believable relationship that the that that Hayes has with his wife um i i wonder because there's a lot of nuance a lot of stuff that they're doing with like um men and women's relationships and uh, the the relationship between the races i think is um uh I don't know. I mean, I've seen some people describe it as kind of like ham-fisted or heavy-handed, but I thought it's been very nuanced and yeah. um, and almost delicate. It's frequently... Not, not delicate, but but definitely nuanced. Nuanced. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a difference between frequency and the way it's handled, yeah. right? Like, yes, they bring it up a lot. There, mm-hmm. There's pretty much a, hey, that's racist, or like uh, dropping an N-word of, of any type uh, in basically every episode this season. Right. But I, I feel like that is you know that character's life yeah like being a cop in a small mostly white town in the 1980s was i'm sure not a fun thing yeah probably yeah. isn't a fun thing today right and, so, it re- and, and like you know it, it uh probably required you to be a certain type of black person that maybe they're hinting at uh, in in the show too yeah. um and I, but yeah i mean all that stuff and, and and it also feels very specific like it's it's not generalized to like well this is just like, it feels very specific and personal to this fictional this situation, but also, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I it, uh, if, if this is where uh, Mr. Milch uh, came in and kind of pinch hit for Pizzolatto, then it, 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 it was good work. Good work. Yeah, Nick was, uh, Nick, like I know him. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick yeah, yeah, when you were talking Nick, to him last yeah. night, what do you have to say? Uh, he, he was telling me personally that he really <laughs> likes those scenes with uh, Amelia and Wayne, and those are kind of like where his focus is as far as character work. Right. And I think it pays off because this episode is kind of the standout. They had, you know, a couple of previous scenes together in the schoolhouse and the bar. Right. Uh, those always felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was intentional. I think they were meant to feel like, you know, just to be feeling each other out. Uh, this is the episode where I felt like they really clicked. Right. And they, they really started to form a relationship, some kind of bond, not just you know, we're two people who are attractive and might be attracted to each other, but we don't know. Right, right. Uh, so I, I felt like all the work that he put into those scenes has really started to pay off. Yeah. Um, what do you think about... Um, it's interesting because, like, Wayne and Roland seem like the, one of the more well-adjusted leads on True Detective, um, even <laughs> okay, though yeah. clearly Hayes has got a lot going mm-hmm. on and he's suffering some trauma... Um, he's not dealing with it in a particular self-destructive way. And like, I, I was kind of, kind of shocked and amazed to see in the dialogue with Amelia that he seems to be pretty capable of being emotionally open and vulnerable as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. and almost wants to be right. Yeah. And even Roland, like, you know, he talks a, a tough drinking, hard fucking whatever kind of game, but it's clear that like, he's going to find this girl at this church and you know, you, you see the photographs he's got in his desk and the, the, 1990s timeline he's got like these are not like marty 
who is just a profoundly yeah. fucked up character, not to say nothing about Rust, who makes <laughs> right. Marty look like a solid citizen for most of True Detective. It is kind yeah. of refreshing to see people that are complicated and going through a lot of shit. But, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, we're only halfway through the episode when when they start killing suspects and dropping them in quarries uh, in the yeah. episodes that come. We yeah. might revisit that. But now there are a lot of uh, little loose ends that they're picking at here with this yeah. show, with the, the main plot. And I'm really enjoying that. part. Now, too. Now four episodes in, it seems like the most likable and relatable protagonists uh, the True Detective mm-hmm. has had. I'd agree with that. Hey, before we talk about the episode, I want to talk about what's going on here at BaldMove.com this week. On our Bald Movies feed, last week we saw the disappointing Netflix original Polar. Hopefully we'll do better this week with the Velvet Buzzsaw. We also caught up to DC's Aquaman last week, if you want to check out that. That's all in the Bald Movies feed. Uh, on the Bald Move TV feed, we'll be talking about our first impressions of Black Earth Rising, as well as Kingdom, which is... Uh, I've already seen three episodes of it. Mm. It's a crazy good Korean feudal medieval zombie weird western kind of mashup thing that's that's pretty phenomenal on Netflix. Uh, and you can find both of these if you go to baldmove.com, click under podcast, you'll see the feeds there. Uh, we also have our Baldies coming up. Uh, voting is still open for the listener-nominated categories for the 5th Annual Baldies Awards. That closes tonight at midnight Eastern Standard Time. You can vote at baldies.baldmove.com. There's, I think, like nine categories that you can have your Listener's Choice Awards. Uh, Our awards ceremony proper releases on Wednesday, January 30th, uh, along with just hours and hours of debate and deliberation that Jim and I went through uh, to uh, nominate the award winners this year. Uh, we also have something we're excited about, the second annual Not Quite Groundhog's Day, Groundhog's Day Marathon. You can go to groundhog.baldmove.com to see the schedule, but the uh, short story is we're going to see all of the Star Wars movies ever made to thus date in chronological order. Not by release order, but in the order that they really happened in <laughs> history. And uh, you can go see the full schedule there. Uh, you can tune in and watch us live, 24-hour stream these Star Wars things at twitch.tv slash baldmove. Uh, and if you go to uh, groundhog.baldmove.com, you can see the complete 24-hour stream from last year where we raised over $10,000 from the National Alliance in Homelessness. Uh, we hope you watch us at twitch.tv slash baldmove. Again, go to groundhog.baldmove.com for all the latest information about our fundraiser. We ready to talk about the episode in detail? Yeah, as as is our wants, we'll break it down by the decade. Uh, first up in eighties, uh, Hayes and Roland show up at this kid's Catholic church uh, and investigate or not investigate. They they ask questions. They question. That's the word. They question the priest about uh, <laughs> interrogate. The kids and why they were hands would be in these funky positions and why uh, Will's uh, eyes are closed. And there's mundane ex- ex- explanations. I thought there's a little bit of meta commentary from like maybe Pizzolatto to us where he's like, well, why, why is Wayne or why is Will's uh, eyes closed? It's like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe was, I guess he was blinking. Blinking during the photograph. Yeah. That's not a misdirect. No, I, I mean, it could be because well, that's, what's your that's general... the hilarious thing about True Detective. This could be a meta commentary of, of <laughs> right. Mr. Pizzolatto, since I don't know him as well as you, uh, saying, look, you guys can't obsess over every little detail. Sometimes there's mundane explanations. And then yeah. it could also be him saying, or is there? Mm-hmm. And you, either could be right. What's your general read right now on the priest? I think the priest is fine. OK, I, I do, too. I, I didn't get any real creepy vibes off him the one thing that i have a question about happens later when they go back to the church and he's really pushing wayne for that confession Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't really know why other than that's just his priestly duty and he wants to 
I do can't. it, but I. But I, there's something about the way he looks at him. A Catholic like, priest hounding a Catholic to come confess. I think. I think is well within his his uh, rubric, his his uh, sacred duties. It is. It is. And I also but think that, I don't know because some people. But, but like, I'm mostly like like you. I don't think he's up to no good. So here's my take on because a lot I saw some people saying, uh, "Hey, you know, Roland seemed pretty adversarial. Like I don't like him. I don't like." I kind of think Roland is. He's like the foil to because he. I think he knows that he's not as good at his job as Hayes is. So his mm-hmm. is he's like uh, always kind of pulling out what what Hayes is thinking. So him saying I don't like this this priest. I don't. I think he's wanting to fish out what Hayes is thinking more than he actually has uh, a bad feeling about the guy. Yeah, he's kind of do, pulling the same trick that Amelia's pulling. Right. Like, it's like getting it's like, information out of him. It's like when you got a friend smarter than you in math class, and you're like, oh man, problem eighteen was hard. I got <laughs> seventy three. What'd you get? No, I got sixty four. Because here, then, oh yeah, right of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course I, yeah, yeah. That's that. I got seventy two before I checked it with the right. So I think he's kind of only a real dummy would get seventy two, right? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of that, but I could be wrong. Could be that maybe Roland's got a uh, 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 finely de- uh, tuned uh, Catholic uh, murdering pedophile detector. Yeah, he's, he's. I hear Rome could use one of those nowadays, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's definitely some stuff in here where I feel like Wayne never fully bought into the story, the narrative that was crafted around mm-hmm. this case, and right. that Roland probably did more th- more so. Yeah. yeah. Or, or at least was more willing to shut this case I think than Wayne was. Or maybe he saw what happened to Wayne when he stood in front of the Mack truck that is this yeah. guy's political career and said, okay, well, I can, you know, they can run over dudes until they find someone that won't be ran over, or I could, you know, not get ran over. There's a couple other things we found out in this scene, like uh, that the priest mentioned that Julie had been excited of late of getting to go see a non-existent aunt mm-hmm. that she does not, in fact, have. The priest can't remember any details about this woman that Julie is talking about. The, unfortunately, the cops are thinking very literally here, like mm. an aunt being a, a related person. Oh, uh, that, aunts and uncles are used to describe friends of the family all sure. the time. Yeah. So I, I would hope that their ears would perk up when they hear that. Yeah, and then they also, uh, he was able to ID these corn silk dolls, or uh, uh, ch- chaff dolls, as he calls them, uh, as coming from a particular woman named Patty Faber, mm. who makes them for the fall festival that the uh, kind of fundraiser the church puts on every year. She's the killer. This has case, to be. Case solved. Has to be. This, Look at her. You can tell. This uh, good and, what is it? Good, good and Christian dear? woman. Dear. something, de- yeah. Good and dear. I don't know what the hell. Um, so they also, the other information is he thought that the kids were very sweet, uh, and that they always looked out for each other, which I think, uh, made an impression on, on Hayes and, and, uh, West. And so I, I think fits the narrative that I'm starting to construct in my head. Right. And, and they also said that the priest has a good alibi, which isn't nothing, you know, if, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's got a good alibi and, you know, and it seems like Roland, I, I thought there was the, the whole line about like, you know, man gives up fucking for life. So either like, was a fooling himself or some kind of limited edition psycho man. Oh, I thought the follow up was the, the best part. Everybody's fucking something. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so and then like Hayes is getting the idea that maybe Will's death is separate from Julia's disappearance that this this uh, little mm-hmm. boy was protective of his sister trying to look after her and we kind of see some evidence of that later in the episode. And I think it, we started to get hints of that with you know the blood on the rock and mm-hmm. and just f- finding out that th- there's more to the story which we I think we're going to continue to find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh we also see Mahershala's uh, expert 1000-yard stare. Holy shit. 
There's what, like what's a he staring at? 15 second scene after uh, he says, you know, he says, I, I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy. And Roland says, oh, I was Baptist. And he goes, yeah, I knew a Baptist once in war. And he's like, what happened? He mm. does the boom. Yeah. And he just stares at the window for like eternity. Uh, they go visit this uh, said good and worthy God-fearing woman. And uh, she goes, yep, that's one of mine. And I sold them last October. Intriguingly, I sold like a dozen to a black man with a milky white eye. Hmm. Uh, Sam. Can't really place other, any other, because, you know, couldn't say whether he's handsome or ugly or short or fat or skinny, because he's black. And that's... that's, oh, that's I was going to say she was probably distracted by the eye, but... No, no, okay, that's what she said. That as well, He, he has probing, he goes, I don't know, he's black. Like, yeah. Uh, he got sorted in that category. And, you know, he's probably hanging out with all the other blacks in Blacktown across the railroad tracks. Is this Apparently. what she said? Apparently, yeah. Um, so he, and he said that intriguingly, I think this is where the ears perk up where you're saying that he mentioned that he was buying this for his nieces and nephews, mm. which is, you know, kind of like this faux familial connect- connection that the, the detectives are working. So they head to the local liquor store, which apparently is like, I don't know, one of the few ongoing concerns in the town. And uh, they ask uh, after some some uh, some uh, promises of favors, they find about this Sam Whitehead and they go visit him in his uh, neighborhood and they start to question him. And he doesn't like where this questioning is going. He starts enlisting the neighbors. There's a miniature riot uh, and Roland and uh, Wayne have to leave kind of with their tail tucked between their legs. I thought that Sam sounded pretty true blue. Like, he seemed, I mean, as as much as you can seem as anything, he seemed completely confused, bewildered, and it sounded like he had decent points about, like, look, this isn't, this is a rural town. You're working heavy farm mach- machinery, or you're working, you're, you're, you're stabbing chickens at the kill, on the kill line, like, every other dude's missing a finger, a toe, or an eyeball, and you're coming at this shit with me. What, do you think this guy's credible? I don't, they never really get around to, like, the doll stuff do they Hmm. like it gets so scary so fast for them that they like i think they ask about it but they don't pursue it very strongly right because what Uh, are they i mean because like literally they are starting they're starting to tear apart roland's car they might not be able to get out of there without shooting somebody um which makes me believe that the show is trying to tell me look there's un unfinished mm. business in this scene uh that they were essentially just scared away from yeah so i'm i'm hoping that they you know, continue to follow this up. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting. There's a little back and forth between uh, Sam and Wayne about, you know, how can you be working for, you know, these white folks oppressing me? And there's also some interesting stuff about in the conversation later where, you know, kind of think Wayne is testing his partner about, you know, are you mad that these guys like, were threatening us and tore up your car or are you mad because they did all that while black and mm-hmm. roland says well hell no if it'd been white i would have probably killed a couple of them essentially yeah that's that's a tough line for me to swallow it's a tough it's it's honestly a tough it's a tough question for anyone to 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 answer honestly yeah like that's fair are you you know especially this guy in arkansas 1980s are you free of any conscious or unconscious <laughs> bias towards black people mr roland west uh, well, I hate white people more than I hate black That's people. That's right. That's right. I'm yeah. less patient with the white folk than I'm. The, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, but, yeah. But, but I like I don't get a lot of racism from Roland in other scenes. So I'm inclined right. to give him the benefit of the doubt here. And I think Wayne is, too. 
I think he Whirlwind for sure tries. Yeah. Yeah. More so than a lot of the people in this town. Right, right. And if I think there was any kind of, like, real resentment racially, like, it would have come out during the talk with uh, uh, Tom Tom Purcell. I feel like it couldn't. It uh, Yeah. Yeah, later when they're alone, when they're free of the the judging eyes of Wayne. Right. Uh, Yeah, and I think it would just slip out all the time. Yeah. I don't think that's something Mm -hmm. that you can effectively mask. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder how the because hmm. I haven't gotten a peg. Well, I guess uh, yeah, I have because Wayne um, says that the, I think or his 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 feeling is that the superiors don't take him as seriously as they do Roland. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say it's like I wonder how the department as a whole feels. Um, and I think I already got my answer because the, yeah. the the seems like the smartest police officer on the task force, or it doesn't <laughs> is not listened to as much as the as the not not a smart guy. Um, so I think we're ready to move on to Roland and, 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 uh, West coming back to, or I'm sorry, Roland and Wayne, uh, come back to the church and they do the most menacing case joint of this place on like a Sunday that I've ever seen before. Like they're doing, mm-hmm. they're doing the town hall meeting where they're looking like, oh, are you a pedophile? You're a murderous pedophile? <laughs> Bet you're a murderous pedophile, you motherfucker. They're doing yeah. that to everybody. Because uh-huh. um, there's nobody there for Wayne to eye fuck. Amelia's not in the crowd. <laughs> right. He's not distracted, so he's like, well, focus. It's Roland's turn. It's Roland's turn to find one, apparently. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, and the parishioner asked the, 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 the priest asked his parishioners to help the police, I think, by voluntarily fingerprinting themselves and their family. And Seemed like it. I guess what that does is then anyone that doesn't voluntarily comply can be singled out for a little bit of extra police attention. Yeah. Uh,. And also, you know, they can maybe hit any matches on the bike. Yep. Which is one of the things they were looking for. Yep. Um, he also, uh, like I said, Roland, a, a young lady at the church, catches his eye. Uh, probably more to this later. And the priest confesses to he, while there's over a thousand parishioners at this church, uh, there's not very many black people, and he can't think of a single one of the milky eye. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I... He, so did you think it was interesting that Hayes said that they're 90% sure that one of the the, the people involved in the disappearance are, are part of the church? I thought that was... I, I think it's the photo hmm. and the way the boy was posed. Right. Like, that's a pretty good indicator. Yeah, but I that's think. kind of... Uh, ju- I mean, I've seen so many bodies posed that way, you know, just kind of with fingers steepled or in repose. Like, the word repose... Like, that's that's a thing that, like, that's... if if. If you're trying to lay someone to rest and you are trying to do like, you know, not a creepy job, but like a, you know, a decent job, you would pose their hands kind of like that, wouldn't you? Maybe you you. You're a godless heathen. I wouldn't. Yeah. I just put the hands roll them in a crack. (laughs) Right. I don't dump them them into a quarry. But but if you did, if you did, if you did believe in, you know, sanctity of uh, integrity of a human body and and treating it with respect. Well, that tells you that person is probably religious. Yeah. So, eh. Yeah, I can see it. I, I think all signs point to someone who is at the very least religious. Yeah. I guess, I mean, the steeples thing, that's a little, that maybe that's more distinctive, but... Um, and not 90%, maybe not. 90%. 85%. Plus, cops lie. He might just be saying that to, to really put the screws to the priest and make him really, you know, like, well, we're pretty damn sure, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, they later uh, then meet with the FBI and get an update about Prince on toys. Uh, and, and I think it feels like Hayes is blowing their minds with this request of like, uh, look for people who worked with Hoyt with this woman who also got a workplace injury. And like, this seems like 
I'm amazed at how often this episode, what seems like basic police work, is like, whoa, really gonna you sweat, crack a sweat on this one, aren't you, Hayes? Yeah. I mean... I mean, that's your job, right? Right, and isn't this, like, the good part? You know, like... like I would uh, think so. Like, getting to catch a murderer and per- to perhaps saving a, live, a, a live child returning to her parents? Like, isn't that what you fucking go to police academy dreaming of? I would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of, uh, I feel like these guys got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hot dinners sitting on tables at home calling to them. I wonder if the, the FBI is like, man, I should be busting up drug rings. Are you kidding? Look what, what they're doing with fucking, yeah. uh, look what's happening in Miami and I'm stuck here at a fucking podunk town in the middle of nowhere. Well, I'm glad you say that because I think a part, now that I'm thinking of it, a part of this is the FBI is kind of incredulous about how this thing's being run. Like, do you know, have you seen what your uh, attorney general's doing? He's on <laughs> fucking Donahue. Yeah. Grandstanding and and fame grubbing. And maybe the FBI should talk to him about that because Wayne doesn't have yeah. the authority. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. I, don't, I wonder what the Or FBI... maybe Bill Clinton should go do it. Right. I guess he was actually... He was the AG a year before A year before, this. and yeah. it seems like he had a failed uh, governorship bid, and then he was kind of fallow for four years until he later won, and then went on to the presidency. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And there's a nice little Easter egg with him here. Yeah, there is. Um, so they we then have a dinner with Amelia, and she confesses that she used to be a bit of a mess, which I think her we've known enough of her backstory to, to kind of not exactly be breaking news. And uh, Wayne confesses that he's not exactly all together, but he'd like to pretend to be normal with her. And it's interesting because they talk a little bit about the case. They go back and forth between talking about the case and their personal life. And they keep meeting these awkward kind of just bedrock differences and how life should be. But they're also just really extremely good at flirting with each other. Yes. I I love this scene. I think this is the best scene of the episode. Yeah. With maybe one exception, which is also Amelia. Yeah, I was scoring at home, and I'm like, I don't, like, with the hand that that Wayne sat down at the table with, I think he he returned every shot, and there's several extended volleys. Well done. Yeah, and there are moments where, like, the case kind of leaks in and breaks up, like, some slightly awkward sexual tension yeah. and then like a little bit of humor right uh it breaks up like the the grim case and yeah i just think it's this dialogue and this scene in general is so expertly crafted right i was really impressed yeah i know it's good because he you know like he plays with her i, I think it was the, the like the pussy versus cock holster was really funny because Hilarious. like you know it shows that she's got a little bit of a sense of humor about things at uh-huh. least and that uh we also found that, like, I was surprised at his background, you know, that he, no dad, uh, mom, he'll talk essentially about anyway. a, a field hound, a field hound, a field, field hand, and that he's been working the field since he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting, like, this picture of, like, pretty abject poverty that perhaps the, the army kind of saved him for, the GI Bill, and, and now now he's a detective. And, and curiously, we get basically nothing about Amelia. Yeah, she, she was really good deflects. at Yeah, and and he kind of called her out on that, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we just know that she's a mess, and that's where she wants to leave it at. So, <laughs> Is that is that nefarious, or is that simply, I mean, look, I'm not ready to open up about that yet? I mean, on a first date, but it's certainly not a white flag. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's a red flag. It's a pinkish flag. It's it's uh, earmarked for further investigation. Yeah, I think that's the appropriate response, yeah. So, um but I don't know. People are like, if you, you people can have nightmare families that they don't have, you know, uh, what are you going to do? And we knew that this scene, 
we we know that there's something with somebody going on in the background with Amelia romantically, right? Or, or are we certain about that? Are we certain that this guy picking her up wasn't just a friend? I mean, I, it's so weird because I don't remember him being dealt with. He hasn't and, been dealt with. Uh, but this scene is very much like the romantic moment where they connect. Sure, sure. Like, if if I was going to say, hey, where's the start of their but there's true relationship, like a, this there, is it. So the other thing that's interesting is that they are playing with the idea of the show has a bunch of information that we don't have, right? Sure. So, like, um, you know, like, we didn't know that uh, Wayne's son is a cop. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It, d- it doesn't contradict anything we already knew, but it's kind yeah. of like, oh, oh, he's, he's oh, we're at a police officer. Oh, he's a police officer. Holy shit, he followed in this old man's footsteps. And, and he's probably either some kind of detective right. or, or some other desk job, right? Because right. he's not, he's just dressed in yeah, yeah. his regular clothes. I forget the name for that. Plain clothes. Plain clothes. And... Sure. I think that maybe you're supposed to understand that there's still a fig leaf of professional responsibility at this dinner. Like, they're talking about the case, you know? This yeah. isn't about, like, how much we want to bone each other. But there's all this, like, it's like by the end of the, like, by the end of things, it's very flirty. And if she hasn't broken off things with her other boyfriend, <laughs> then she needs to now. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she's just going to be a bit of, like, people do cheat. You know, especially in, like, if she's not married to the guy and they just started dating. and I feel like... She knew know. what she was in for on this date from the get-go. Like, it, this is a very fancy restaurant. Yes. It's a, a very intimate setting with a police detective who, look, you've flirted with in the past. You've had a drink at a bar. Very, Coincidentally, totally. this is a pointed, like, yes. I'm inviting you to dinner kind of thing. So right. she knew what she's in for. But it's the kind of thing you could say to your boyfriend you've been kind of seeing right. for three months that like oh well, no it's like it's not kind of like she does later with wayne in the 90s when she goes to try and milk information right. from which i still don't know exactly the what to think about that um yeah. we'll we get there when we get to the 90s we're still stuck in 80s <laughs> like so many are forever um so roland goes to a local bar we finds tom purcell's in the back room with two very large gentlemen and the owner of the establishment where he's been clocked a time or two <laughs> Yeah, and uh, apparently Tom got mad because he thinks Lucy's fucking the bar owner, which she probably is. And he started taking some swings, and they took him back here to cool out. And Roland's going to take him home in lieu of having charges pressed against him. He's just being complete shit about everything. Yeah, self-destructive behavior all over the place. Very. Yeah, as the guy's saying, like, "Hey, I'm not going to press charges because I know what you're going through." He spits on him and says, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah. He calls uh, on the way uh, to to Roland taking him to where he needs to go. He calls his partner the N-word, which Roland does not appreciate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom just says, I just can't be, you know, I got the kids gone. My wife's running around. Like, it's just, I, I live in a nightmare, and now I'm going to have to go back to this house. And Roland offers to put him up in his couch. And that really seemed to trigger something deep, deep inside, because Tom starts weeping and apologizing for social injustice in general and his uh aggression in particular there's there's a lot of good stuff also um you know old uh uh true blood friends might might enjoy the return of uh the the dim kids there's a lot a lot of dim dim kids worrying about this uh in this episode yeah uh tom and tom and what's his wife lucy tom and lucy are very Mm -hmm. big proponents of dim kids um Anything you want to say? Do you think this is like... Uh, well, this is the start of right. uh, Tom being dug out of his hole by Roland. Yeah, he's we, hit we know rock that, bottom. That within five years, he's going to stop drinking. 
Uh, Ten and years. he credits. Well, he said he was five years sober oh, 10 right. years later. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. Okay. in five years, he'll stop drinking. And we know that he credits Roland with at least partially helping him to get there. So, so yeah. this is the beginning of that. I don't know if he's hit rock bottom or this is where Roland starts helping him. Because like five years with him now and getting sober, there's still... That's a long road. Still some rough, rough gravel road to drive down, my friend. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he gets maybe he gets sober and he has some fault. You know, like he falls off the wagon a couple of times. At five mm-hmm. years, he's been like sober, sober. Right. Uh, they find out they got Freddie Burns, which he's going to get interrogated here in a minute. Uh, but before then, Amelia knocks on Lucy's door and drops off some of her kids like crafts and final homework and school possessions. Mm-hmm. It has another what I thought amazing scene. Yeah. Where Lucy's the soul of a whore scene, the soul of a whore where Lucy's trying to, uh, you know, level with Amelia and Amelia takes. I think this religiously motivated guilt and feelings of worthlessness and in, misinterprets it as criminal responsibility guilt. I think. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Like she, did you? she was starting to think that Lucy had a hand in this. I, I, yeah. When she said, why else would she say, well, if you, but if you, you know, if you're, if, if I, I felt that the, 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 yeah, I felt like Lucy actually correctly interpreted. Um, I mean, I don't think she got the motive right, but she mm-hmm. did interpret uh, Amelia's concern as you think I did something or let something happen to my children. Yeah, that's kind of where I was coming from with it. Maybe maybe there was some guilt there beyond just kind of the really? surface level read, which is, look, I've been a terrible mother to my kids. Uh-huh. They have had a sadder life because of it mm-hmm. and now i feel extremely guilty because i might have done something you know unconsciously to drive them toward this inevitable outcome i just think when someone starts a conversation with uh, just so you know i've got the soul of a whore and <laughs> i can feel the flames of hell licking my ass on a daily basis and i hate my children because and i, I think she's confessing that like she's just a sh- terrible mother yes. and she hated her children because they kept her she felt like they stole her youth from her or like all the, who knows who knows i'm sure you can make a bunch of assumptions about it but i i because I, I, I remember thinking that maybe that was the case the first time i watched it so i watched the scene a couple times and tried to think of like okay how guilty do I think she is? Did she might have actually been involved in disappearance children? I don't think she's that guilty. I And I was like, well, maybe she, is she guilty because she brought a bad man around that might be interested in the children, you know? And I was thinking, like, no, it doesn't even seem like she's that. I think she's just, I feel like a real hoe bag, and I've let my kids down because of my, my, shady, my shady sinful life. Have they addressed her alibi at all? Hmm. Was she at work when she came home, or was she out? Cheating? I think she was out. No, I mean, I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, I know what uh, what Tom accused her of, and her comeback right. was, "I deserve to live," you know, not yeah. "I deserve to make a living." So um, it seems to me like she would have a shaky alibi at best, one that she wouldn't be quick to confess. Wasn't she down like down at a bar drinking though? Like, I think that maybe she was in public. Did they investigate that? They should investigate. They that. They should definitely investigate yeah. that. Maybe this is one of the many things that that uh, Weston. Uh, yeah, uh, Hayes didn't didn't investigate. I think it's one of the first things you investigate. But yeah, the parents' alibis for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. Uh, so yeah, but I thought this was a really great scene. I thought uh, yeah. Miss Gummer did some some really amazing work, and also um, she just uh, the the I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but yeah, we did. We talked about her being like just like unbelievably haggard and like a, a wrung out dish. And I, uh, I looked up some pictures. She's actually a very. She seemed like a nice looking lady. Yeah. 
So she's just letting herself she's go got, to shit to play this role. Got the soul and the makeup of a whore. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It's like, oh, God, you could probably analyze her mental view. and Because I just feel like I, when I was watching this, I was like, God, how much of the world's problems are just people feeling guilty for completely natural and normal things? Hmm. Like this girl just wanted to experiment and have fun and live a life and find a nice guy and literally... Tom, who is none of those things, she fucks like maybe once and then gets pregnant. And mm-hmm. like now, she, because the way the town is and the way she was raised religiously and she didn't, you know, not wanting to, ban- she she's forced in this life that makes everybody, everybody miserable. One other thing yeah. I want to ask is a lot of people are going crazy about her saying kids should laugh. Oh, come on. I think she's ironically referencing the fucking ransom note, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if it's ironic. I feel like maybe she... That struck a chord in her. Or like, like look, I fucked, yeah. up, my, I yeah. fucked up my kids. Not, not ironic, but like, and now this like rueful, yeah. Yeah, but it, she's clearly seen the note, and she's referencing it. Like, it's, if this is a hint that she's <laughs> the killer, not. then I'm quitting the show. Like, yeah. this, is, this is not how you do that. Just like, just like it was always a bag of guns, never a child's body. Oh, like, they're God. not going to drop that, yeah. that bombshell in episode three or four. Right, right. Without any kind, yeah, like there, there's going to be some some slippery slopes before you go yes. from oh the trash man maybe he's shady to holy shit he's got a duffel bag full of kid bodies <laughs> like <laughs> you know maybe the uncle was in that bag maybe we don't know. maybe he had two bags one with guns one with an uncle dunked him in the quarry yeah but man that scene where she's like confessing about like hanging on to whatever scrap of courage she's got not to kill herself and then she pulls mm-hmm. out that kid's plate that's got the I love mom oh fuck. Wow. Then she smashes it. Yeah, well, because like that that uh that grief and, and openness turned to, to to rage real quick. Yeah. And uh she hurled every invective including racist ones out this poor woman as she 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 uh fleed. Mm-hmm. Um so Woodward then sets up the hillbilly patrol, but good. Sets them up? Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we can know, have this discussion. I mean, you don't speci- like you don't go grab a bunch of guns and set up a bunch of booby traps and then do the thing that you were ex- explicitly warned not to do in front of the dude's house. There, there were four cents at stake. Yeah, two cans worth. That's true. That's true. Of recycling cash. Right. Right. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I think that's a fair read. I could also see the read of, look, I'm going to live my life, and yeah. nobody else is going to tell me how to do that if i'm an upstanding citizen yeah i think the pre-rig booby traps uh i mean i think you're i guess we're both i think we're i guess i think either read is valid because it could i mean he's obviously prepared Uh uh-huh so whether he's provoking or not or whether he's like look i'm just going to be ready when you fuckers do the thing you inevitably inevitably are going to do or maybe he's just seeing if they're all talk i don't know i guess there's there's uh, shades there um but holy hell, he uh, if he set the bait, this the trap sprung uh, immediately. Yeah, wow. Um, and and do we want to just follow that through, and or do we want to kind of interleave it the way this the story is? Uh, let's let's talk about that final scene. Okay, they, they chase him. I love this foot chase. Yeah, him this kicking off his feet and just and and how like. I mean, he. I mean, his feet are torn the fuck yeah. up because I'm thinking like I don't care how tough your Indian feet are. Uh, Native American feet, First mm. Nations feet. I oh. I don't think you can run across like uh, a cornfield, a freshly shorn, harvested cornfield, and not. And sure enough, yeah, his feet got fucked up 
But, but even just the pavement with his flat-out sprint, yeah, that would tear your feet up. Yeah, I would think so. But he did it just, I guess, because he can run like the wind uh, with his uh, with the yeah. with the hoofs God gave him. And I, I want to say this is probably not the first time he's had to run like that. Uh, uh, maybe in the war, he's this seen dude some... is fifty-one years old. I read an interview really? with him. And, and this is the new Tom Cruise. This dude, I'm telling you, looks like Jim fucking Thorpe when he's Shit. when he's running down the tarmac. I couldn't believe how. I mean, I'm sure they do camera stuff, but like this dude, I thought the guy was in like his late 30s, early 40s. When I found out yeah. he's 51, running that out in bare feet, like holy shit, give this guy an Emmy right now, <laughs> the Emmy for right? best run. Right, it's between Tom Cruise and this guy of, of toughest souls and fastest <laughs> run. So, uh, yeah. Pretty pretty cool, and of course, you know uh, this guy. It turns out is not somebody to be fucked with. He's got grenades. He's got claymores. He's got a fucking piss pot full of AK forty sevens and ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you hillbillies know what you're doing with your baseball bats and revolvers. They don't because I think he's about to alert. sort you out. He did, yeah. <sighs> and he's, the thing is, is he's so so. Woodward is going to go down for everything. He's going to go down for like the murder of of six, like three to six people, and the kids and all this stuff because it's going to be so easy. It's going to be so easy that it that, will be easy. Yeah, I mean, um, you're, you're, the, 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 you're not going to hear the story of this poor Native American man being persecuted by these hillbillies, mm-hmm. these rednecks. You're going to hear the story about concerned fathers questioning him about what they're doing to their daughters, and he just massively freaks out and starts killing everybody. Right? Yeah, it's the thing. Like later when they're talking to, uh, is it Freddie? Right. The, the yeah, yeah. Freddie is the kind of ringleader of the Black Sabbath kids. Yeah. Uh, they make the point. Look, you you are going to look like a real asshole. <laughs> in this story that we're going to craft in mm-hmm. court and you're going to go to prison, uh, that feels like the same thing that would happen to this Woodward guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, we, we got to talk about this Freddy shit, but that's kind of where we leave the, the episode where, well, not the episode, where's where we leave the 80s as the, 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 the head redneck is kicking down the door and he's about to get uh, a bunch of C4 and ball bearings coming at him at sonic speeds. Yeah. It's not uh, going to be good. He's he's going to be a pile of jelly. Yeah, he's chunky chunky salsa. Uh, so Freddy's interrogation. This um, I guess I poo pooed this. I thought this is something that would have been like the first thing done, but I think we're underestimating how many days. Like we're in like, but still we're like a, a week or two into the investigation. I'm surprised the prince on the bike. It took this long to come back. Mm, yeah. Um, but they fret, threaten Freddie with life in prison, the gas chamber, and an African-American prison rape. Yeah, that's the go-to, and I love that they're self-aware enough to yeah. put that into the Like, script. I don't think 1980s Roland West would call him his partner out on there, but 2019, I appreciate the work you're doing there, Roland. This is... <laughs> Yeah, this is something fucked up about a country that we shouldn't tolerate. This this idea that the judge sentences you to your time, and also there's a little extra that we all know about and think is. Uh, come on, it's, yeah, no, it, but I feel like it would also be the go-to threat, right? Like if you know that these bad things happen in prison and it has a reputation for it, I mean that's your go-to. I, I almost it think is, it doesn't but... need to be pointed out. Like, oh, you use that twice in one week. That would be used every single day on every suspect. You come in for, like, parking ticket violations. Hey, you heard about what happens in prison, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You better pay those tickets. I mean, it is, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you can also use, like, I don't know. You're right. That's, But it's, like, chilling because um, I see so many times people say, well, don't, 
you know, when, whenever there's a question about like what to do and a police officer pulls you over, they're like, there's always like, well, here's the, what you should do to flex your rights. You should only roll down the window a half inch. And if the cop says roll it down further, you tell them I can hear you go fuck yourself and <laughs> suck my constitutional dick. And there's the people be like, you should you should get you should roll out of the car and s- immediately get naked and spread eagle Pull your cheeks in case they want to do a cavity search, and then like like don't ever don't ever quote unquote flex your rights, or the cops might do something to you. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys mad dog? Like, are, am I, I am I being threatened by mad dogs to, to not express my rights as a citizen? So, look, I'm not a murderer. Uh, I'm not I'm not any kind of criminal beyond a speeder. Yeah. Uh, on some days, my, my balance here is uh-huh. I roll down the window fully. Uh-huh. I put both hands on the steering wheel. Okay. That's it. I try and make it easy for him. Like, right. look, I know, I know what the score is here, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to prison in this interaction. Right. So, meanwhile, Aaron, there's a non-zero chance of a YouTube video of me being ca- carted away, tased, screaming, and my being detained <laughs> is going to surface sometime between now and me dying. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. But uh, I, I like that we got both sides of the debate on mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, yeah. But Freddie seems like he's going to fold like a cheap suit, and yeah. and Wayne observes. This kid's going to be in jail by the time he's 25, but not for murdering kids. <laughs> yeah, and love it. I totally agree. It's going to be for playing D&D. They, also, they put people away for that, right? Uh, in this era, probably, yeah. yeah. The number of people arrested for playing D&D was not zero. <laughs> uh, do you think that... Um, I thought it was really... I shouldn't ask you. I thought it was really sweet how the cops set this up of like um, this weird interrogation perp walk where... Yes. We're going to walk you past the chambers where your friends have already been at how oh. knows how many hours of conf- uh, confession. Who imagination. knows? Who knows yeah. what they've confessed? Um, but that is sound that's a good tactic. That's actually sound interrogation. Mm-hmm. Take three guys in, independently question them, see if their stories line up. And it, It's funny, though. It only works on the, the third guy. or the, It made the second guy a little less effectively. But the first guy right. just walks in there with, you know, right. with his full shields up. That's true. He doesn't. Yeah. Until I guess I guess the, the walk works both ways because I noticed that the boys notice him being mm-hmm. walked. So it's like, oh, so they wait to interrogate you, all you're of them the simultaneously. First guy, and they maybe they start up and you're yeah. doing a brave face. But then when, you know, Freddie shows up, oh, shit, they got Freddie, too. Yeah. He was on the kid's bike. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah. I And then from there, they find out what's going on. I Now, I felt like the timeline was a little muddy because. Either Woodward lives right next to the sheriff's office. Uh, these these rednecks waited fifteen or twenty minutes before they kicked down the front door, or I don't know because it seemed like as soon as there was trouble at Woodward's, they were able to arrive within seconds. Yeah. So that I'm a little confused about the spatial geometry of the of the town or the timeline, but not a fatal problem. Yeah. Shall we move to the nineties? Let's do it. All right. Uh, so Wayne comes home and tells his wife about his appointment to the task force, and she's happy for him which kicks off a big giant marital fight so good that is one of the nicest or one of the one of the more interesting and rewarding of these types of like cop spouse arguments that uh, that i've ever seen and it has tints of like the dangerous tropey kind of stuff that a lot of scripts do like them anger fucking right at the end of this is I've seen that so many times, but it yeah. was handled so much more subtly here. Well, I mean, I just thought because I, I thought this was going to go like every other argument I've ever seen. But like when she says when he goes, 
he's like trying to grab onto her and keep her from leaving. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you got to, you know, you, you can't. You can't walk away from going to shit talk me. She's like, or what? And they're like, there's this long pause. He goes, or else I'm going to cry about it. Uh. And I thought, like, wow, what? Uh, what an op- what what a great way to handle that kind of like uh, ultimatum. What a great way to deescalate. Yeah. To to show uh, to to because that's I think a lot of these fights happen is because one person wants to see that the other person actually gives a damn. Right. Is that some kind of fucking robot? And if you can show some of that humanity and vulnerability. Then it's disarming, you and know? you can start to make inroads to a conversation that will actually yeah. help these issues. Yeah, I don't want this not because I don't care about you. I don't like it's. It's because it, this is this is hurting me, and I presume it's hurting you. So let's talk about it. And yeah. so it, it turned yeah. into like one of those to like, wow, I don't think I've ever actually seen this flavor of like healthy fighting. Um, I'm not saying there was no hits below the belt, but like you know they pulled it out, and I I thought it was great. I thought it was nice. Uh, I thought it was nice to see. And I thought it was a good companion to the dinner that they had, um, mm. where, you know, Wayne's talking about, like, she's asking him about him being a pussy hound and all this stuff, and he's right. like, look, that, that's not it, me. That, that type of stuff doesn't work if we don't have this. And he's talking about the, the emotional connection that they're forming here. So th- these yeah. two scenes are kind of of a pair. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that he was gesturing to his beer, because I know my wife I thought don't. that, like, she was like, what is he talking about with the drinking? Pro-? And I'm like, no, I think it's just the way the... Yeah. The, uh, He's, the, they're and, looking in each other's eyes. Yeah, he doesn't look like, at the beer. If, if the camera was at, not at a 45-degree angle, it, 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 it's, yeah. it would have been obvious, but... Yeah. Anyway, uh, I saw some people in the forums are kind of arguing that, too. So that's that's our two, two cents. Four cents, I guess. Yeah. That's exactly as much as Woody. I like got. the detail of him turning up the 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 TV volume uh-huh. as he's heading upstairs because he knows because because there's gonna be some explosions going up there. I don't <laughs> think he counted on the the sexual ones. Yeah, and then and they then they do the aggressive wall banging. Which are the kids old enough to know what's going on? Because like I was they wondering give each if, other kind of knowing looks. Yeah, it didn't look scary. I thought maybe yeah. when the kid like the kids might be afraid something bad was going on up there, but. They seem to know the score. Mm-hmm. Do you think that what I'm trying to figure out is, is this typical of Amelia and Wayne? Like, do they do this a lot or does this seem mm-hmm. like a unique place of frustration in their relationship? Like, I was kind of speculating, like this case coming back and losing the kid. Like, is this is this it a- does seem to me like this has been brewing for a while, yeah. like based on Wayne's comments, um, you know, and, and Amelia's comments as well, like uh, about how, you know, he always kind of plays the victim yeah um in these scenarios and she does a little bit of that too right and then the kids yeah kind of looking at each other and going huh, this again no they do some because like obviously i think wayne is doing a lot of disconnecting from his family um about mm-hmm. this case i mean we've seen it where he just kind of like phases out and is not emotionally or, or mentally present for them and then but then she's pretty condescending like, holy shit, going after the guy's intelligence and education like that is yeah. pretty low blow. And then, you know, um, it's also interesting to, like, rewatch their dinner scene when you kind of have his accusation of, well, you're just using me for a springboard to a career. Like, like that she's not giving him much, but he's, like, she's getting so much from him. Mm-hmm. Like, like, maybe she's almost starting the interview process or... I mean, I, I, I think, think that's, that's a possibility. I think I what I'm what I'm suggesting here is not that I think it's a possibility more so that I could see Wayne being self-conscious about it or being hmm. um, okay. insecure. I mean, I, th- I think it's also 
possible that that's how this relationship started. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, I don't think that leads to a marriage and kids and right. That's a long ten, con. ten plus years together. That's a long con for a true crime <laughs> right. publishing career. But I do think it could spark. It could start something that sparks something else. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do get that impression in those scenes that, yeah, Amelia's giving up nothing and getting everything she wants. Yeah. Uh, so we're at Roland's office at the task force and we see him posing with Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. um, who would have been very much the governor of Arkansas by then mm-hmm. and is now the president. So extra, uh, feathers in his cap and the AG comes by, uh, I think his name's Kent, uh, but he's the fucker that was given the interview, the smarmy interview on Donahue and yeah. wants to let everyone know that the purpose of this task force is to vindicate the original conviction. Maybe we got it wrong that Julie was killed, but the fuck... And, and they're very clear. We found out that the guy's a man for sure, but we don't know anything else about this, this, this guy who perpetrated it, that he's guilty of everything except for murdering Julie Purcello. And they're also very fucking obvious about being heavy handed against uh, how like Roland had to can't campaign to get him on the task force and how, you know, they're hoping that Hayes doesn't act like a fucking asshole and can rebuild. His- it's, it's very obvious and, and insulting. And, yeah feels very dirty right yeah and i like the moment after they leave where wayne goes to roll and says we're not gonna do any of that shit they just said right right he's like yeah i didn't plan on it yeah, but his face when when uh, did you not get anything from his face when wayne turned around like there's this like like he was playing wayne i mean not playing i do think that he's a little bit in the middle here like he wants to solve the case but he also really likes hmm. you know being lieutenant west and maybe has an eye to be captain one day and major and and then ag and so, then yeah. governor and then president right right the bill clinton <laughs> path yeah um they call it doing a willy but uh <laughs> call a lot of things that actually they call a lot of things that um but i don't know and i also like the there's also this like the, the idea that he's got a limp now that makes sense um, but we, I don't think I've, we've ever seen it cause he's just been seated or, or, or whatnot until, until now. Yeah. Uh, so Roland and Lane uh, and Wayne lead a, uh, briefing of the task force where they kind of give them their mandate to talk about, we need to follow up with this uncle that we've lost track of and a whole bunch of other leads. There's a little bit of tension between Wayne and Roland here. Uh, what do you think? What, what, what do you think is driving that? I think Wayne is wanting to get more involved in this case than Roland is willing to let him currently right i think roland very much wants to establish who is in charge there here. you go yeah i, I R- roland is ass- asserting his authority yeah by cutting wayne off and like uh, you know him being secure enough in the 80s to know that his partner was smarter and defer to him is going to be tricky now that he's actually in charge of this operation and i think yeah. it's almost because i i was going back and forth about like maybe this is evidence that that, that roland is going to try to keep you know wayne in a box but I think it's it's more of like, well, if I let this guy run this briefing, then they're just going to yeah. start reporting to him and I won't have any power. Right. So um, I don't think Wayne was doing that intentionally. I just think no. he's really jazzed about the case, you know? Yep. So uh, they also mentioned at the end, which this also seemed to irritate Roland. And I'm not sure why about that. They should treat this Julie situation like a ticking, ticking time bomb, because if if. If they people thought she was dead, and there's some people that would have a vested interest in her being dead, her like if if it gets out on the news that she's alive, then you know they got to find her before the bad guys potentially do. Yeah. I'm not sure why that was like a, a moment. 
Yeah, it seems like a somewhat big assumption to make that someone else is chasing her. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's just another one of those he just didn't want Roland. Roland didn't want them to think that uh, Wayne was calling the shots. Like, yeah, he's not yeah. wrong, but he cannot, you know, I don't know. Is <laughs> is weird. Is weird, weird power dynamic for these former partners. I will say that later on when he's viewing the, the footage from the store, she does look like she is harrowed. Uh-huh. Uh, she she is kind of sprinting through the store, grabbing things frantically and looking up at the camera. So maybe that's not too far off. Yeah, you think this is going to be what's that? What was that girl's name? Like Emily Smart, um, Elizabeth Smart, the one that got abducted by the weird cult leader, and she was like gone for years. But then I can't remember that. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's like you're going to understand that she's been essentially like sister wived into some kind of weird backwoods cult. Yeah. So like maybe and you know why? May, did she escape or does the creepy dude running the thing and it's always going to be a creepy dude uh is is he just letting her out to go to walgreens to get some groceries or i, I don't know it's 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 interesting mm-hmm. and also we're not even sure that this is actually julie that he sees at the end of the episode if we want to be really skeptical that's fair um but here again another uh, police uh seem seem to be not wanting to be doing police work that seems like it's worth doing uh like this guy like he, he you know West sits down there to look at the security cam footage, and he's like barely through half a day, and it's or a day, and it's taking him like five hours. And the cops like, "What you gonna watch all these? <laughs> right? What? Just a missing? You, know what? you yeah. gonna do your job? I mean, you gonna do a thorough job on this investigation? I don't feel like these guys have anything better to do either. It'd be one thing if this was like, oh, you know, we got fifty missing persons, and my God, it's the murder capital of the nation. But like. <laughs> You know, rural Arkansas. Getting Walgreens open is more important than <laughs> what the fight is. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that's like I said. I feel like if you're a cop, this is the shit you. This is the shit you'd be pissed when the big city cops come over and take over, right? Yeah. I don't know. Pay me. I would see. This is the shit. I would. I. I would probably suck at everything else about detective. But I. The idea of watching thirty days worth of VHS tapes on the off chance that you might see one person like i fucking think that's that's that i would love to do that <laughs> let me ask you this yeah how many times do you have to do that and nothing come up before you get so jaded that dude you I, don't want to go to the next 30 day session of tape viewings i have done things in video games that were so unfun <laughs> to get a gun that shoots 0.5 percent better than another gun that's fair i feel like i've trained my whole life to do some boring repetitive task on the hope that a dopamine rush and probably i imagine every five or six hours you get like oh god this is a is woman that, that, that might that... be 20 years old oh, <laughs> oh it's not her yeah. wrong hair color wrong but like you know, those little micro bursts of oh my god a drop oh it's the wrong you know yeah i think yeah okay F- fuck yeah i'm a human pattern recognition machine <laughs> Okay, that's it. He sees he he pours through days of footage and he finally sees what we think is Julie. It seems like what Wayne thinks is Julie, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? For the nineties. That's 90s? it for the nineties. So we ready to move on to to the aughts? Yeah. Before we get to the twenty fifteen time era, I want to take a break and talk about the club club That's how you can support Bald Move and our the bevy of podcasts that we create throughout the year. Uh, you get ad-free feeds, you get video versions of most of our podcasts, you get 
uh, full spoiler uh, takes on our bald, first round bald movies. You get VIP access to the forum, uh, special features like lunch with Jim and Aaron, tons of extra content, and plus, hey, support to independent podcasters by going to club.baldmove.com. You can check out most of those special features for free just by going to that page, and you can subscribe for a 30-day free trial, again, at club.baldmove.com. 2015 coming at you. Uh, we see Wayne at the police station that turns out his son Henry works at, bragging about in the 80s there was a super female cop that could out-push up all the boys. Mm-hmm. He's like She's like Vasquez from Aliens. And uh, he... I, I thought this was a really good scene, too, for dialogue, because... Like, his son's fish, like, Jesus Christ, Dad, you're driving in, no, I took the bus. It's like, but what if you forgot why? And he's like, well, then I just, I, I know how to call you on the phone. And he's like, or do you, I, I felt like, do you think he was being a smart ass? And he goes, or, or should I write a note? He goes, I don't want to get too, uh, I don't want to get too arrogant with this thing. I felt like, I felt like he's essentially telling his son, like, look, I know that I've got a problem, and I think I'm taking responsible adult ways to mitigate it. Yeah. Or do you think he was being, like, dismissive and smart ass? I think it's more the former. Okay. Me too. I I could, like, look, I would think if I had that condition and, you know, I wasn't so far gone that I needed to be in a home, I would be pretty resentful of people telling me that I couldn't live my life. Right. I could say, yeah, you need to make concessions and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I need to leave my Google phone on track mode. (laughs) Right. Share my location with my son and, you know, the people that care about me. But, like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's all about yeah. How much how much trouble can you get in if if you got a cell phone and you're not driving, right? As a mm-hmm. senior citizen, yeah. So probably a lot, but can end up in the middle of a street looking at a burned out true, house. True. At the, uh, in, during the night, I don't know. True. Uh, but he asked his son if he could run some names and follow up some leads that he's generating from going over his old case files, and his son's extremely reluctant because. Well, that just seems like a bad idea to follow up your dad's ghost stories with your police powers. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says it's my way of staying alive. And then I'm he, excited at the prospect of seeing Roland in his yeah. potentially in his 70s. Old man Roland. Yeah. And uh, he says, hey, you need to find Roland for me. He's very intense about finding him. And he also wants to know if he's seen the director. Um, I forgot to talk about this last week. But the speculation that Henry and uh, what's her name? Eliza. Yeah, Eliza are fucking... Mm-hmm. Seems like this week with the the hotel room with the set the, the two glass settings and how evasive he was about whether he's talked to the director and how kind of weird and evasive the director was, it does seem like they're for sure fucking. Yeah. Does that matter? I mean, I'm not. Other than maybe Roland, do you think Roland? Know, or I'm sorry, not Roland. Do you think? Do you think Wayne knows? Oh, that they're banging. I I don't I don't think so. Not yet. Huh. Um, I. <sighs> Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see where that goes because that kind of ties into this whole investigation because I don't think this is something that would have really started up after they started interviewing uh, Wayne in 2015. Hmm. I think this would be a relationship that existed before the the documentary. Oh, you! I wonder if uh, Eliza's working Henry in the kind of way that right. Wayne would suspect that uh, like Amelia's, that Amelia's working him. Yeah, that, that's my my gut feeling on it. Yeah, like oh, I yeah, like I flirt with this guy because I know he's the the son of this other guy who I really want. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Like, how many days have they interviewed Wayne? Two. Yeah. Like, 
is is are they going to start banging in two days Maybe. from meeting each I other mean, when he's do. got a wife and a family? Like the stakes are pretty uh, fucking that's high. That's true about his, from his standpoint. But guys are dogs, man. I mean, <laughs> the pussy ass. I guess. It's, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fucking lampshaded right here in the episode. I just think it's a little quick, and I think. I could see a relationship already having started before that, and that being the inroad to the interviews. I think I think Wayne knows, though. You think so? Now, if he remembers, he needs to make a voice note like... Uh, I think he uh, figured it out and then uh, forgot voice it. Voice recorder, I think, I think Henry's fucking Eliza. Right. Reminds me of that time. Uh, you got to watch those documentaries before I met your mother. Hey, he's got goes on his long monologue about, oh, this uh, girl from uh, True Crime 70s Monthly came and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. What I guess my question would be: What makes you think that Wayne knows? It just is it because he's a, he is a good detective, and when his his son just caught gets caught flat footed with the like just casual inquiry, and he kind of does mm. this, uh, um, okay, son. When the guy denies it, I, I just felt like that's kind of like you know mm, again okay. he knows he knows he knows kind of situation, but I yeah. could be wrong. And again, it's also a valid point that. If he makes that and doesn't write it down, did it even happen? Yeah, fair. Um, so then he visits Eliza, the director, and they find the big reveal here is a big big thing that's happened is that they found the body of the uncle, uh, of, the, of the potentially creepy uncle of Lucy's cousin uh, in a quarry that has been recently drained. The skeletonized remains that they match yeah. on dental records. That doesn't just happen. You don't just end up in a quarry do you we, yeah you, you either get shoved into a quarry or dumped into a quarry or you jump into a quarry sure sure um and i wonder also why that quarry was drained because that's not usually what happens with quarries you have mm, to purposefully there, yeah. yeah like you know they turn them into lakes sometimes but like to drain it i wonder if there was a separate murder or if there was some other detail that led them I, I, I'm very curious, and that's what's so cool about this triple-layer timeline is that they can stagger these reveals through the decades and still keep us guessing four episodes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she says she's got more cards, but she can't show them to him. Uh, but she also says something enigmatic, which she says, but no, it's not on you. I think she means you didn't miss something back in the day. Right. Like all the shit that's come to light has been new shit that you couldn't possibly know about, which seems to relax him a little bit. Yeah, I'm starting to get the idea that he is being motivated by a guilty conscious thinking that, you know, maybe he covered up the actual thing, but the fact that he just didn't didn't get it solved, and this did, you know, obviously Lucy, I think, didn't she? Did they say she committed suicide? I think so. Yeah. And you know, Lucy, I don't know what's happened to her, but probably nothing good. Uh, he's he's feeling guilty about it. Uh, he's also later meditating in his office about the 1990s investigation. He's talking about Julie, like uh, uh, information about Julie and her gang of street kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this going to be uh, that one bad episode of Stranger Things last year? This is where we're going to get a creepy paranormal shit. Julie's going to start bleeding from the nose and (laughs) throw a van into the air. Um, And they did this really cool effect where like the ghosts of his past are literally intruding on his thoughts. They're like, you know, these, these old Viet Cong soldiers and... A white guy in a suit uh, that we can talk about here in a minute are just back yeah. in the background. All these people that he's killed or feels responsible for the deaths of are whispering and chattering and closing in on him. Mm. Um, and he also sees a late model sedan that's parked out of the street, and he seems to be paranoid about that and wanting to keep an eye on. And he also says that he might not want to live without without Amelia. 
He's, mm-hmm. uh, of course, we already knew he's suicidal from the first episode, so. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk it, about this guy in the suit. Okay. I like the theory that it's the uncle. I don't, because I don't think it looks like him. Like, I did all the freeze framing and all the investigating I could. Okay. And I just don't think it looks like him, but. Yeah, and because, like, what. But I don't know really what that guy would look like. Yeah, you can. Like, he, he look, says, if it's supposed to be him. In 10 years, yeah. If it's supposed to be him, you can't use a different actor for that. Otherwise, no, I mean, he's just it's, jerking it's us just around. 10 years on. Like, yeah. you might change his hairpiece and all that, but. So that's the thing. I don't know what this guy would look like with shorter hair mm-hmm. and fully shaved, mm-hmm. but I don't think it looks like him. Um, do you. Because, like, that's the, that's the thing that, that came to my mind because I could see him and Roland thinking that he was the guy and doing some kind of extrajudicial killing and then, you know, dumping a body in a quarry would be an excellent way to hide one if you're trying to. Yeah. Um, but what do you, do you have any competing theory or just like, don't I don't know? have a good competing theory. Um, I think it's interesting. A couple of things are interesting. A, uh-huh. we should be on the lookout for the, the best I can detect a guy in a powdery blue blazer and like a yellowish, tie with peacock designs mm. on it mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna be keeping an eye out for that guy but why uh, are you keeping a look out for that guy because i think that's what he was wearing oh in that, in that okay scene. okay okay uh and it, maybe it's just in his death scene i thought maybe i missed we'll a piece of him, evidence but, but you're saying just a ghost the ghost, yeah, the ghost guy. was okay. wearing that um and then weirdly he touches that guy in particular and says i'm sorry yes yeah yeah, yeah. is there is you're there any right. reason why he he goes he has to kind of go around people to touch yeah, that guy yeah 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 Man, I, I, I make sense. He feels it, it the make, most guilty about that. It makes that sense person. that if he killed him, like, because I guess, like, if the people you kill in war, you're somewhat justified. Yeah, like someone told you to do it, you yeah. know, and maybe they, you know, the Vietnam. You can argue about. Uh, well, I don't think you can argue. It's a bad idea to go over there, and probably shouldn't. And wish we had that one back. But mm-hmm. the the idea that you know a legitimate power authority told you to do this and, and national interest and it's that's part of the, you know you do it when your government calls and and drafts you like that, right? Yeah. Whereas this guy, yeah, I, I, that's why I say it's got to be something. It's got to be something in the '80s and '90s. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think. And it looks like a he does look like a cop. Which oh, kind of so? rules out the uncle. I don't know. I guess because well, who else would who else wears like suits in who else in Wayne's sphere would wear that kind of suit that he would meet on a daily basis? Yeah. Like like imagine if he's thinking of like uh, imagine if it was like it's like Tom Purcell. It's a ghost of Tom Purcell. Would he imagine Tom Purcell like when he met him at the funeral, or maybe he's got a suit on of some sort, or would he you know imagine him in like dirty jeans and then. A right. T-shirt and a, a denim jacket, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know who it is, but I'm going to be on the lookout for him. That's the thing. Like, So, you've already looked at what he looked like at the... He wasn't wearing that outfit at the funeral, the the uncle or the cousin. No, he wasn't. Okay. He was All wearing right. more of a gray, grayish. Although, he was wearing a coat. Uh, I don't think his tie was the same. So. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Any theories or stuff you want to turn over before we get the feedback? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, feedback, you can send it in to truedetective.baldmove.com or our forums, forums.baldmove.com has a weekly discussion of the episode. As always, let's get to it. Kelly M. Probably coming out of left field here, but I think everyone is overlooking a suspect. I'm talking about the heavyset woman who's always at the Purcell's house when the cops show up. The strangely quiet 
woman who's always around. I remember the first episode, the kids rode by our house and she smiled and waved. You didn't see them wave back, yet she oddly kept grinning. It struck me as weird. Now, hmm. this is the infamous pumpkin lady. Because, oh, the one decorating for Halloween? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was conspicuously in the third episode. And she is around... Uh, let's continue with the email, Kelly. I think she did it. She's friends with Lucy and probably disapproved of how Purcells treated the Purcells treated their kids. The kids confided in her about what was going on in the house, and the boy was killed in the struggle when she tried to quote unquote save them. Uh, correspondent Neil agrees, adding, "I'm speculating that she may be the quote unquote aunt, and that she may have been on the other end of what I'm assuming was the phone uh, conversation overheard when Amelia went to return the ch- uh, children's school's things." Based on my hazy memory, it sounded like the non-Lucy participant in the conversation mentioned something about phone calls, which Lucy instructed her not to pick up, and then, again, all speculative, of course, expressed some guilt, to which Lucy replied something to the effect of, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Or, perhaps the woman, Lucy's friend, who was, uh, is the person who the kids were meeting up with in the woods and Will's death with some sort of accident, and Julie took the situation as a chance to escape. I think this is the evidence for this theory, that... She uh, she she is a person that is of medium suspicion that's been introduced in the very early goings and is still skulking in the background. Like this is the the Dwight from the Office's theory of medium. The person you suspect the medium is the. Mm -hmm. I mean, this this is this season's lawnmower man, right? Yeah, right. And I, I, but I, I just think that it's not persuasive thus far because people smile at kids like idiots all the time. You don't need a reason. <laughs> yeah, I do it, and I hate kids. So, yeah, come like on. you see a kid, you see a big brother and little brother, and he's got the little card in his spokes. Like yeah. that's that's cute. Whether they wave a little, whether little shits wave to you or not, it's it's cute. But I do think it's someone we need to keep an eye on. Pumpkin lady is some as a person of interest, a pumpkin mm-hmm. of interest, and we need to keep our eye on her. But yeah, I, I don't think there's any smoking smoking guns in the Pumpkin Ladies uh, jack-o'-lantern thus thus far. Uh, Jairus from Lexington, Kentucky, uh, is is not having any of this bullshit, the smokescreen around uncles and nieces and milky-eyed black men. What? They've okay. got they've got they've got the truth, the true truth. Lay it on me. Which is. Hillary Clinton killed the boy and sent the girl to the basement of a Long John Silver's to work as an underage prostitute. If Hayes would have kept searching in the woods, he would have found so many more bodies that Clintons have buried there. I mean, fair. Are you sure it's not a pizza place and not a a Long John Silver's? Because that's that's the rumor I've been hearing. Uh, I think I'm done with True Detective. We just solved it. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, Yeah. I have nothing. I mean, this this case closed four episodes early. Uh, give give you give you all the internet <laughs> points, and that's all the feedback. We didn't have a lot of feedback this week. That's all the feedback we had. Okay. Uh, True Detective at BoldMove.com If you have any other thoughts that you'd like to send, and uh, we will be back next week with what's sure to be the explosive conclusion <laughs> to this week's cliffhanger. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See ya.